You're listening to the CTK O'Fallon Podcast. Come on, isn't the Lord good? He's good. Amen. You made the right choice when you got up this morning and said, I'm going to the house of the Lord. And what a pleasure, what a privilege we have. I don't want to take this for granted. Amen. I don't want to take this for granted. Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much to let me first say thank you to our staff here at the church. Amen. Amen. Our executive pastor, Brother Ryan Sullivan. Amen. Sister Caitlin, Sister Larissa, and all those that labor behind the scenes. Amen. Brother Steve, keep things going. Amen. So that we can be gone. Amen. In occasions like this and and Brother Kendall said it was so good they didn't even miss me. <laughs> I tell you, man, wow. Like, and uh, I thanks to him. And uh, just, uh, uh, he's not here today, so I can say this. But man, he's just getting gooder and gooder, isn't he? He's just, <laughs> you tell him I said, him, said that. Amen. He did a tremendous job. I was able to catch the services uh, after the fact online. And, and I was able actually to catch Wednesday night live. And so that was tremendous. And uh, so thank you to him. Thank you to this church. Amen. What, what a blessing it is. Amen. We, we didn't intend to be this gone this long, but it was actually three trips in one. I'll explain a little later. And uh, for us to be able, for the pastor to be gone that much and not miss a thing. Amen. And uh, the church just goes on. Thank you to this church. I love this church. Give yourselves a hand. Amen. This is a great place. Amen. And I don't know if our youth are watching online. I was trying to text them, but I think this may be our first ever youth retreat, but they are on a youth retreat. So Sister Larissa and uh, Tyler and Abigail Lawless are part of the youth team now, and they are helping. And all I think we had 10 young people that were able to go this weekend on a youth retreat, and they went away camping, having fun. And uh, last night I got a text and uh, Sister Larissa said that Jensen wants to have youth retreat once a month. And uh, so I guess they had a great time. We had uh, a tremendous ministry couple, Zach and Amy Crossan, who are actually the nephew of uh, sister, our own sister, Glena Crossan, that came down. Both, both of them are ministers and they ministered to our youth and did a phenomenal job this weekend. So I'm excited about our youth. If they're online, we're giving you all a great big shout out. And it's not the same without you. Amen. I miss them in here today. And, uh, I, you know, we're missing some seats on the front row here. But uh, uh, so any of you want to come to front row, you can. But I'm thankful, though, that our young people, that's where we're used to them sitting to. And so I believe in our young people. Congratulations, Grandma and Grandpa Grover again. Amen. Amen. And congrats to Nathan and Bailey. And we can't wait to meet her. Amen. I said I'm not going to use a starting text today, the media team, but I changed my mind. So let's stand together for the word of the Lord. I'm going to go to the book of Matthew chapter number six, one verse of scripture, Matthew chapter number six, and we are going to look at verse 21, only one verse of scripture. Is this right? Is today Brother Ike's birthday? Is that right? All right. I know he's looking around. Happy birthday, Brother Ike. Thank you for your amen contribution. 
faithfully being our groundskeeper. We thank you. Amen. But happy birthday to you. Matthew chapter number six. How many helped me preach today? Yes. Now I'm just warning you, I haven't preached in two weeks. <laughs> so I got to make up for it. Matthew chapter number six, verse 21. Simple verse. For where, everybody say where. Where, where your treasure is, there. Say there. There will your heart be also. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be, be also. I want to talk to us for just a couple of minutes today or for about an hour or two <laughs> on this simple thought, going home. Going home. Home. Would you lay your Bibles down and let's ask the Lord to touch our hearts today, Lord. In Jesus' name, I thank you for your spirit that we so graciously feel in this place already. I, I praise you today, God. I ask that your word would be able to speak into our heart. You know the needs among us. Everyone that is here, I pray that there would be strength. I pray direction would come. I pray encouragement and hope today. I pray for healing today, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, God, we surrender every need, every issue, every matter of our heart to you today. In Jesus' name, can you thank the Lord one more time? Come on, just magnify the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen, amen. Just stay in E-flat, amen. You can be seated today, amen. I'll take a minute, but don't go anywhere. We'll just stay close. I haven't been in church for a while, so i got to make up for it. So I told Brother Chuck just to stay close. I am so glad to be home. We had a wonderful time, and we had a, we had a couple weeks here together, about a week, two, two and a half weeks, and it was really ended up being about three trips in one. So since I've been here, we've made three trips since you've seen me last, and had some incredible experiences, wonderful memories, honored some great and incredible people. We started off by going to Iowa for the honorary services of my in-laws, who will be here in just a week from tomorrow, moving down permanently, so excited. We honored their, their life and ministry with regard specifically to the, the city of Des Moines and the pastor of the church that they were there. I we then left that and went on a vacation with my wife and my son for about eight days and enjoyed some tremendous, tremendous downtime, stillness, quiet, fun. Amen. Luca learned how to swim on his own. Amen. During that trip, he did good. I was so proud of him. And uh, he's very proud of himself for that too. So accomplished some great things. That was, that was a fun time. I, I, I read a few books while I was gone, so got some reading in and had some wonderful time together. And then we made our, our way back here for a quick turnaround. My wife and, and Luca went to be with uh, her sister and, and her niece and nephews. And, and I headed out to New York, upstate New York, where I was to be for five, the last five days in a minister's retreat together, basically spent about four days in the Word, just deep study in the Word from morning till night, and uh, had some great times, and uh, it, was, uh, it was fun. But with all of that, it was amazing to me, with all of that, with all of the great things and the, 
the highlights and the moments and the memories that we made and the wonderful things that we did, beautiful places that we saw, some incredible sunrises, amazing sunsets. With all of that, I've only lived here for six and a half years now. And with all the adventure, I still missed home. Why would anyone miss the muddy Mississippi (laughs) Valley Basin? With all of its allergies and all of its flatland and can't explain it. But this place holds my heart. It's not, it's not great for geography. It's not great for scenery in the extreme sense. Don't get me wrong, there's a beauty around and we appreciate that. But when you've been to some of the places that I have been to, I wouldn't say that it's the most beautiful scenery. It's not the greatest adventure place to live in the world. It's not people's ultimate dreams and destination in comparisons to places I've been, and yet it is home, and I could not wait to return. Why? Why did I want to be home? Tuesday morning, Kendall got up early. We were up at 4 a.m. and on the road by 5 to go to the airport, and they messed my flight up, my flight was my first flight was canceled, which made me miss my next flight into Syracuse. There's not very many flights into Syracuse. So by the time I got there, I was six hours late and was driving and, and uh, uh, one of the roads, back roads, dead zone. I've been in a dead zone for the last week. No bars on my phone. And on the two-lane road I was taking and driving in the middle of the night, it's dark and uh, road closed, so no cell service. My de- I had to turn around, try to trace back to another little town, and then find a way, long way. It took me longer. I finally arrived 17 hours later. I made it. 17 hours later, I made it. It's only a 14 and a half hour drive. <laughs> From here. And so uh, I was, uh, I I enjoyed it. We stayed at Spruce Lake Farm, which is on a lake out there in the middle of the Catskill Mountains. Anybody ever been to the Catskills in upstate? New York. It's absolutely beautiful. It's absolutely gorgeous. And, and uh, the, I've, I've been in autumn the last week. I came home today. I was all ready for fall. Janelle said, I'm ready for fall. She put on her fall outfit and we looked at the, the uh, weather report and it's going to be like almost 90 degrees today. <laughs> she doesn't care. But But the autumn leaves were already changing. It was absolutely beautiful. We stayed together And this old lodge up there, this log cabin lodge, and we had come from all over the country. There was a pastor there. It wasn't very many of us, but people from Oregon, California, uh, uh, Connecticut, and uh, Louisiana, and just a few of us together, pastors, and, and studying the word of the Lord. And 
was an absolute beautiful setting at the end of the big room where we, this massive room and we took four or five couches and put them in a circle and we'd spend time together there. But there was this cottage, this old uh, shed in the woods tucked back in there. And as, as we're sitting and talking, you can see the deer coming through. It was like a live Bob Ross painting. <laughs> we enjoy. I went for a walk one day around the, around the lake during our break. And as I did, the storm began to move in. There was dark clouds. And all of a sudden, I was standing there. I was videoing. I was trying to send Janelle a video. And while I was out there in that time, the temperature probably dropped about 10 degrees as the storm blew in. All of a sudden, the wind started picking up. And it was absolutely spectacular. The next day, I went for a walk down the drive. The drive was about a half a mile to the gravel road that you were on. And the gravel road that we took to get there was only open seasonally. Closed during the winter, walked up that out to a meadow. And as I was walking by the wildflowers and the stands of pines that you would pass, and then the other trees that would be covered in fungus and the beauty and the smells and the scents. Now, I grew up as a child in inner city Indianapolis. It's not a massive city, but it's inner city Indianapolis. So I was walking through the woods, and I know this has happened before, but specifically something about it. And I began to smell hand soap. And then I realized that it wasn't soap I was smelling. I was out in nature, but what I was smelling is what they have tried to make soap smell like. And it was the scents, the different scents of the wildflowers and the stuff that was blowing through. I got up extra early yesterday morning at 5 a.m., one good thing about my 17-hour travel experience was that I was on the cheap, so I rented the absolute cheapest car that you could find. It's called a Chevy Spark. I didn't even know what a Spark was. A Chevy Spark. So I rented it very cheap, and I'm checking in. Are you here on business? I said, yes, I'm here on business. I said, I'm sorry, I'm late. Had a good conversation with the lady behind the counter. She goes, would you mind if I upgraded you for free to a Yukon or a Suburban? And I just wanted to say, praise God. <laughs> I was driving one way, so here I'm driving in this brand new state-of-the-art SUV. I mean, it told me when people were in front of me, when people were next to me. It was a little annoying, actually. I mean, so I got up extra early and decided I'm going to make use of this vehicle. And I got out at 6 a.m., left the house and driving around the Catskills. I drove for two hours. And I'm driving through the mountain. It is taking me through. There was this trailhead that I wanted to find that was on this large body of water that serves a couple hours north of, of, the, of, of the city of New York, but serves as as one of the water supplies there and was driving through it and came on up and down these mountains so steep. I didn't even know this, but I was going down and, and the, the truck automatically put on. It says initiating descending brakes now. This screen popped up on the, on, on the dash there and it was braking for me. Thank God. I was like, you know, ready to let this thing drive for me, but it, 
It was beautiful. It was coming around. Saw, I don't know, what do you call a, a, a flock of turkeys? Is, you just, is that what you call a flock of turkeys? Pass, almost hit a whole bunch of turkeys that were out in the morning and deer were coming around. The birds and the waterfowl that were coming in and passing. Little farms. That if you think New England style, these farms and historical markers, stone walls, stone gates, bed and breakfast. I knew Janelle would love it and I was starting to miss her as I saw that the autumn leaves and the smell rolling my windows down 60 degrees in the morning and I came to the east branch of the Delaware River it's been dammed up and there for about an hour I drove along that body of water I kept coming to boat launches and I would stop at those and on this entire body of water they do not allow any motorized boats it's only rowboats and kayaks and canoes and you would see people out there fishing early in the morning, and the scene was set, and it was beautiful. It was gorgeous. I spent two hours driving before I passed hardly a gas station. I was going through these little towns, and it would say, welcome to the hamlet of New Woodstock, and different names that you would have, and all these different things. It, it, would, it would transport you, this, this, this location. You know what I'm talking about. Um, you, you lived up there. Was it Syracuse, right? Or... or not, not too far, so I was about three hours from Syracuse. And, 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 and so many historical markers of the War of 1812 and the Revolutionary War and all of these other things that you can still feel. It bleeds through the architect and everything, and you could feel it as you're driving around. I used to love that. I love history and was out there and would catch myself as I was driving around, enjoying all of this. Then it would just hit me, I want to be home. And then I'd be sidetracked by something else, and I'd stop, and I pulled off. I stopped in the middle of a bridge. I was passing over the east branch of the Delaware River. It was early in the morning. Nobody was there, and I stopped my car right in the middle of the bridge, little bridge, two-lane road, and parked my car, left the door open, and got out with my camera and my phone, and I'm just walking around and video, and it never does it justice, just enjoying the low-hanging mist and fog that had moved in, the crisp, chill air. And wow, it was incredible as I saw a, 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 a few ducks come in and land in. Just absolutely incredible as I'm driving around. Then it would hit me again. I just want to be home. I, I drove for six hours before I got to the airport that morning. And I got there and was driving around. I got a little tired because I got up so early and hadn't had my coffee. I hadn't, hadn't hardly passed even a gas station in those three hours. I was out there and you'd pass people, but there's no, just pretty remote, which was amazing that that close to a major city, you can get out in a dead zone. And I came upon this lake and you could, there was a little resting area and you could park and pull right up to the edge of the water. There were big Boulders. I don't think they were limestone, but big square boulders they had set at the edge of the water, and then immediately the water stopped. That water was as clear as you could see, and it was like pebbles and river rock. That was the bottom of the shore, and it just so shallow went out. You probably could walk 100 feet out there before you'd even get maybe to where it was up to your shoulders or so, and pulled the truck right up to that rock and rolled those windows down, and Peace there. I saw a couple canoes out fishing, laid the chair back and slept for about an hour. I laid there and slept. When I woke up, there was a whole bunch of 
sailboarders out on, I woke up and there was a whole group of sailboarders on the other side and more canoes and fishing and wow, isn't this amazing? It's beautiful driving through towns that are 200, 250 years old, passing things. This was started, this farm predated the Revolutionary War and they'd have their farms all have their placards hanging announcing themselves and who they are and seeing all of that and yet I just wanted to go home. Why is that? Because he said that your home is where the heart is. I love the adventure and I loved exploring and I loved seeing, but there is a powerful truth to the Scripture that says, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And I enjoyed the beauty and I enjoyed all of the stuff and and the sights, but there is something more that I valued. You cannot help But love, I believe this this verse says, you cannot help but love what you've invested in. And what I'm invested in right now just so happens to be in the muddy Mississippi Valley Basin. I missed my family. I missed my wife. I missed... My son, I missed my people. I missed my church. I missed you. There was something about it that no matter how wonderful and peaceful and the stillness that there was something missing, I just wanted to be home. And I realized that home for me is not the place that I have looked at and said, now that's beautiful or, or, or this is an incredible scenery. But home for me is the place where not only my people are, but it's the place of my life purpose. And it's the place, if you will, of my calling because it's the place that the Lord has put me And what is most valuable in my life is the Lord, Jesus Christ. And he can transcend something smelly, something dirty, something as as unappreciative, amen, as the mess of a city and all of its noise and all of its dysfunction and all of its crime and all of its stuff. But yet that becomes home. That becomes the place that tugs on your heart. And I'm standing in the middle of a bridge or on a mountaintop. And yet in that moment, while I'm appreciating something around me, I wish I could snap my fingers and be there in just a moment. My question to you today is where is your home? Where is home for you? What have you invested in? And is God first in your life? Is home determined by your fleshly desires? Or has home been determined by the impact of the Lord Jesus Christ 
on your life. Hear me today. I know I'm preaching to somebody because I've been here before. Are you stuck just living (laughs) and chasing the illusion of some romantic place to call home? Come on, I know you hear me joke about it. Who wouldn't like to have an island in Hawaii all to themselves? Come on, you wouldn't? I would. Who who wouldn't like to have some beautiful place, the house on a hill, something that's wonderful, and we can chase after those things. Our ideal of home becomes this place where we're relieved of our burdens and we're relieved of our responsibilities. And so many people are chasing after the illusion of what they think home is. I'm here to ask you today, where is your home? What determines home for you? Is it the physical place that you've invested in? Or does it go beyond those physical places? The prodigal son in Luke chapter 15, we won't take the time to go there. But if you read in chapter 15, verses 18 through 20, we see that the prodigal son, after he had left and wasted all, he's in the pig pen, and now he's by himself, and he comes to himself. And when he comes to himself, he said, there are servants at my father's house that have bread enough to eat, and here I am hungry. And he said, I will arise and go to my father, and I will tell him I'm not worthy to be called a son. I wasted it all. He said, so I I will not be arrogant, but I will ask for a lesser relationship. Just allow me to be called a servant. Pay attention to this story because the son wasn't sitting in the pig pen and then all of a sudden start missing his bed. He wasn't in the pig pen and then start missing, amen, mama's cooking. He wasn't in the pig pig pen and then start missing the stuff. But what did he miss expressly? It was the relationship that he had with his father. And it took him wasting everything and losing all before he really found out what he valued. He never asked, I want to go back to the house. He said, I want to go home because home was more than the house. Home was a place of relationship. And if I have relationship, I'm provided for. If I have relationship, I'm protected. If I have relationship, I'm fulfilled. And he did not ask to go back, just let me live in the corner of the house. Just let me live on the field. No, he asked to come back. And what did he want? He wanted a restored relationship. He said, I'm not worthy to be called a son, but just make me a servant. He wanted back what was valuable and precious to him. Hear me today, I'm preaching to somebody, don't allow the illusions of life to take everything from you before you are able to realize what home is all about and what is valuable in the first place. I'm here to tell you, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Amen. If your home does not have the impact and the influence of the Lord Jesus Christ, then it's time we start investing in something else. Home is not where my job is. Home ought not be just where I built some things. 
but home ought to have a deeper value than that. Amen. And I realize what holds me here, what I love about this place, what I am so privileged to call the Metro East home. This is my home. This is where I love being. It's not the stuff. It's not the places. It's not the food. It's the people. It's the purpose. It's the calling of the Lord Jesus Christ. I've been blessed with something that's greater than houses. I've been blessed with something. Oh, hear me somebody today. I've been blessed with something. Clap your hands unto the Lord this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I love being home. I'm glad to be at this church today. You know, I've been in churches that are more beautiful. Come on, anybody else in here ever been to churches more beautiful? Go to places over in Germany and walk through the old cathedrals. Go to places in Israel and you see beautiful stuff and you walk in basilicas and palaces and wow, they're more beautiful and things are better. But you know what? When I want to go to church, you know where I want to go? I want to go where the Lord has talked to me and where the Lord has spoken to me. There's something about it. Amen, amen. And I love this place. I know the carpet's worn out. We need to get some new carpet. I know I know. we got stains showing over here where Larissa flooded the floor and... and uh, we got stuff over here where kids have pulled out and it's it's well used, it's served its purpose, it's been great. And we got trim falling off over there and stuff gets worn out and, and amen, where the where there's no ox, the crib is clean. That's a good thing, it's serving its purpose. But you know what? I, I just love it. I come back in here. Amen. Why? Because this is where the Lord's spoken to me, and, and this is where God's touched me, and this is where God's changed me, and this is where God's changed other people, and this is a place of purpose. And this this is a house of calling and this is a place of deliverance and this is where my home's at. It may not be all right. You may not think it's the most beautiful thing that you've ever seen, but there's something about this. It's not about the stuff. It's about the relationship. He's my father and when I'm here, I know everything is going to be all right. Hallelujah. And yet now, here I am. And yet now that I am home. I'm home today. I'm back home with my family. I'm back home with my son and my wife. I'm back home with my people. I'm back home with my church. I'm back home with you. It feels good. I, I would have been happy even if I, I didn't have to preach today. I'm just glad to be home. Now that I am home, I'm here to tell you that there is still yet something I must confess that isn't home either because something yet is not right. There's something more. There, there's something yet not right. There, there's still too much strife in this area. There's still too much sin and iniquity. And, and there's an aching in my heart that while I'm blessed, and I appreciate this, that, that this is not my final destination. <laughs> I'm not just living, amen, to, to walk with you. And I'm not just living, amen, to enjoy the blessings of the Lord. But there is something, amen, beyond all that this, uh, beyond what what I've ever seen beyond what I've ever experienced. Amen. Abraham said it this way. He said he looked uh, for a city or the writer of Hebrews said a city which hath foundations uh, whose builder and maker is God. This world is not my home. Come on somebody. This world 
is not my home. Come on, don't you worry too much. Don't you argue too much because I'm not too worried about what happens in this world. I know some people are all worried about what's happening and what's coming next and what's going to go on and we got to do this and we got to do this and our, our nation's going this way and that's going this way. I've got to confess something today in the Holy Ghost. At the end of the day, when I lay my head on the pillow, I, I, I'm not too worried yeah. because this world is not my home. You say, well, you ought, to, you ought to be concerned about your world and you ought to pray for your world and you ought to be engaged in this world. Yes, yes. But I got scripture this morning that I think I'm in the Holy Ghost. There was a time when Abraham was sojourning in the wilderness. And as he sojourned in the wilderness, stay with me here today. I need the help of the Holy Ghost right now. Jesus, help me right now, I pray, to communicate what I feel in my spirit. And I pray right now that your anointing would be upon me. Help some mother and some father. Help someone here today, a husband or a wife. Help a widow, God. Help an elderly person. Realize that you've got so much more than what's here in front of us today. As Abraham was sojourning through the wilderness, he's looking for a builder and maker, city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. God's given him a promise. I'll tell you, Abraham never received the promise. Oh, he had the promise of the child. He had the promise of his, of his seed becoming many nations. But he never obtained the promise. He never saw the promise. He died in his dying day knowing that he had not... Yes, he had the promised land. Yes, he purchased it. God had taken but he died knowing he had not yet received the fullness of what God had for him. Hebrews 11 tells us, us this, these all died having not seen the promise. Right. As he sojourned, he's looking, he's going through in the wilderness, and, and he's taking his family with him because one thing about home is when you go home, you don't just want to go alone. You want to take somebody with you. You want to take someone else. And so Lot, his nephew, comes with him, and Lot comes with him, and, and here he is. And, and you, you know the story. Lot begins fight. Lot's servants fight with his servants and so Abraham and Lot, they say, look, we're going to have to separate. We, we can stay in proximity, but we're going to have to separate. And Abraham comes to the promised land. And I can tell you how Abraham didn't really care too much. He wasn't really too worried. It was because he knew that ultimately this wasn't his home. And so what does he does? He looks at Lot and says, Lot, you can choose. You can take the valley. Or you can take the plains, you can go over here in the wilderness, in this area, or there's a city over here, and you can take this area. I don't really care. Why did Abraham not care? He was the leader. He should be the one that told him where to go. I'm going to tell you why he didn't really care. Because he knew that no matter what he would choose, neither one of those was the final destination. Lot, I don't really care where you camp because I know ultimately this isn't my resting place and I'm not living for this now. I'm not trying to build my empire. And I'm not trying to build my mansions. I know that the Lord, what he has for me is greater than I could ever see. I have not seen, ear hath not heard what God has done. Lot, I don't really care where you go. Abraham was willing to live anywhere. But Lot, no. 
He put his treasure in the world. And so Lot says, you know what? Let, let me camp outside the city. I'll stay over there because, you know, I value this stuff. And materialism crept in and got such a stronghold around his family that even angels from heaven were not able to convert them. As an angel goes down at the request of the prayer of Abraham, an angel goes down and leads Lot and his family from that city before sudden destruction with the direct command man, listen, when we walk out, don't you look back. He leads them out. And as they're going, I don't know if it was when the brimstone fell or if it was before, but I believe it was before. And there was something inside of Lot's wife that even though that command was so clear and so plain, the Bible says that she looked back. Why? Because where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Come on, I don't want the things of this world to have such a stronghold on my life that I can't obey the voice of the Lord because I'm too invested in seeing something that doesn't matter. I want the spirit of Abraham. He says, God, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter where I live and where I go because I know ultimately I'm not living for here. I'm trying to help someone today. I'm trying to help someone today. Stop worrying about your life. Stop worrying about things and lay not up for yourselves treasures in earth where moth and rust doth corrupt, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust doth not corrupt and thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Somebody clap your hands unto the Lord today. Hallelujah. I want to go home. It's all I could think about on the plane yesterday. I wrote my message out. I don't usually write my message out, but I wrote my sermon out word for word. I never do that, but it's all I could think about on the plane yesterday. Writing it out, I want to go home. I want to go home. I'm glad to be here. Don't, Don't get me wrong, but I want to go home. Paul even said this. He said, for me, to live is Christ. But to die is gain. Hear me today. Don't take this wrong. But what Paul was saying was if I die, it's better. But for me to live is Christ. What was he telling him? He said, for your sakes, I'm here. For your sakes, I'm here to fulfill the ministry that God has called me, appointed time. For your sakes, I am here. For the kingdom's sake, I am here. But if God were to decide that I'm done, my race is finished. If I was to go today, he said it's gain. We've lost that sentiment in the church. We've lost that sentiment in the church. We're more concerned with our best life now 
instead of our best life then. And so we withhold. But where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Hallelujah. The old song, put me in E flat. Try to remember. I'm looking for a city where there'll be no more light. I'm looking for a city where Jesus is the light. The trumpet's gonna sound and I'll be caught away. I'm looking for a city someday. See, that has to be our sentiment. I'm looking for a city. There'll be no more night. I'm looking for a city where Jesus is the light. The trumpet's gonna sound and I'll be caught away. I'm looking for a city Someday, it's got to be our heart. It's got to be in our desire. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm happy to be here. I'm glad to see you today. I felt good coming in and shaking hands. I told Luca, you haven't been in church in two weeks. Get to go to Sunday school. Everybody's going to be happy to see you and get to see all your friends. He said, I'm going to get lots of hugs. Can you imagine what it's going to be like over there? (laughs) I have a feeling I'm going to get lots of hugs. Come on. (laughs) One moment is not worthy to be compared to what you see here. It's going to be worth it all. Every trial, every situation, every pain. I'm looking for a city There'll be no more night I'm looking for a city Where Jesus is the light The trumpet's gonna sound And I'll be caught away I'm looking for a city I want to pray this pandemic away, you know. I, I, don't, I know we got serious things going on, and it's, it's taken so many from our church and our families, and I don't want it to be here. And something we've never seen, it's changed our world. But don't mistake that for fear of death. I'm not living in fear. I I, want to be wise and I want to be smart and and we have a responsibility to stewardship and all that. But don't think that I'm afraid because I'm holding on to this earth. We don't live like the rest of the world lives them. Oh, they're terrified. They can't let go. They're holding on and and this pandemic and this disease, it's going to rob everything that they hold valuable. But to me, you see, my, my, my treasure's not here. No, I'm not trying to make light of the pandemic, but do you understand that spiritually there's got to be something inside of my heart? It says this, this, this life alone is not the end of my life. 
This is not the whole of my focus. I'm not saying you should be callous and careless and reckless with your life. No, God gave us a responsibility for that. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that God hath not given us a spirit of fear. If we hold on to our treasure so tight and so valuable, we'll never follow after the call of God. We'll never let go of the things we value. We'll never go because, we're, well, I can't do that because... I'll tell you, before the pandemic, before the pandemic, it was okay. Everybody wanted preachers to come in and pray for them when they were sick and diseased. But now the pandemic, don't send them in here. I know this is a different thing. I understand this is a different thing. But I want to tell the world, you weren't so worried about me just a few years ago. You wanted me to walk into the middle of situations and circumstances, and I know what it's like to, to show up uninvited to a, to, a, to a drug dealer's house to grab somebody by the hand and say, you don't belong here. You're getting in the car. I know what that's like. I know, I know the threat I took in my life, but for me to live is Christ. You think I'm going to be afraid and God commissions? I'm not going to do something that God doesn't ask me to do. But if God asks me to do, amen, for me to live is Christ, but for me to die is gain. You think you're going to intimidate me? You think you're going to, you're, you're going to be able to silence me? If our treasures are in this earth, they can shut a preacher down at a moment of something. But when our treasure's not in this earth, I'm going to preach the truth. I'm going to preach it. You, you're going to threaten me with prison? Oh, no, you haven't read the book here. You don't understand what I know. <laughs> you think for a moment that I wouldn't trade this 41-year-old body for a glorified body? Come on, some of you saying, oh, bless your heart, you're only 41. <laughs> and all my hair's falling out. And I got tennis elbow right now and can't figure out how to fix it. And got down to pray the other day and a whole bunch of stuff popped that I... I said, Lord, now I know what I need to pray for. In a moment... It doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we shall be changed. Yeah. <laughs> Is this all right today? Uh? Oh. <laughs> but beyond all that he has prepared for us, he's going to be what makes everything. Heaven for me heaven for me Jesus will be what makes it heaven for me all its beauty and splendor I'm longing to see 
but Jesus will be what makes it heaven for me. And what a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see when I look upon his face the one who saved me by his grace when he takes me by the hand and leads me through <laughs> that promised land what a day glorious day come on is that your prayer today come on sing it to him yes Lord oh what a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see when upon his face the one who I'm not living for this life and for this world and thank God for all the stuff and the comforts and the pleasures and the luxuries but where your treasure is there will your heart be also that's why I don't want to miss church I don't want to skip church I don't want to live life without church it's more than the building it's more than the people it's more than appeasing the pastor it's more than seeing the other people I just want to be in his presence and gotta have his word and there was something that got a hold of me as a young person, Brother Blake, that I wanted to go to church. And as a young person, I said, I want to sit on the front row. I want to be close as I can to that altar. I want to be there. And as a young person, I started paying my tithes. And, and I didn't have to argue. And the pastor didn't have to convince me. And I started supporting missions. Why? Because where your treasure is, there will your heart be also so there's a desire in my heart I'm not worried about what other people think and don't feel sorry for me and don't look at me and say oh look at a poor Pentecostal they got to live this and they got to do this and they can't do that and they can't do that no 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 the old song said nobody's holding a gun to my head this is how I want to live I choose this. I, I do this on my own. Nobody's making me do this. You say, well, I don't want to go to your church. It's got all these rules. and all. There, There's no rules. Nobody. So I do this on my own because my treasure. I'm not so concerned about what you think of me and, and your value of me and your definition of me. I'm a whole lot more concerned about what he thinks about me and what he says about me. And, and I want to live my life accordingly. I don't care what this world says. I, I want to be holy. Why? Because there's something about holiness that draws you in to the presence of God. I'm not trying to be holy to be better than you. I'm trying to get rid of everything that's going to separate me from Him. And I don't care whether you see it or... 
Come on, holiness is not something you do in public. If you're doing holiness in public, you have your reward. Holiness is something you do when no one is watching because it's the desire of your heart. I want to, I want to be pleasing to him. Somebody said, why in the world would you live like that? Why in the world would you go like that? Why would you do that? I got a song for that. If you want to know where I'm going, where I'm going soon, if anybody asks you where I'm going, Yonder, I'm going up yonder. I'm going up yonder to be with my Lord. Oh, I'm going up yonder. I'm going up yonder. I'm going up yonder. Listen now, here it is. I can take the pain, the heartaches they bring, the comfort in the wing. I'll soon be gone. Oh, yes. And God gives me grace. Oh, I'll run this race. See my Savior face to face. Oh, tell him now, I'm going up yonder. Oh, I'm going up yonder. I'm going up yonder to be with my. close with this today this is why I live the way I live and this is why I want you to live the way that you live the way we ought to live with no concern about what anybody else thinks but God I'm living for you the reality is I want to go home but I don't want to go alone I want you to go with me I want every one of you to go with me 
want my children to go and I want my family to go. I want you to go. The reality is that there will be some that do not make it. Jesus said, not everyone that says, Lord, Lord, they're not going to make it. So we said there's an urgency here. There's got to be an intentionality. The man came to the Lord. He said, look look at how good I am. He tried to impress God. I've kept all the commandments. I've never missed synagogue. I'm always here. And the Lord said, one thing you lack, go sell what you have, give to the poor, take up your cross and follow me. And the Bible said he went away sorrowful because he had great riches. I'm here to tell you where your treasure is. There will your heart be also. Don't fool yourself into thinking, well, I'm a Sunday attender, man. I'm here every day. (laughs) Don't fool yourself into thinking that that means that automatically your treasure is in heaven that your treasure's with the Lord. I want to preach to somebody today, except you repent. You must repent. You must be baptized in the name of Jesus, filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, but you must live an overcoming life, a surrendered life, a devoted life, a crucified life. Let's not forget that the number one requirement for discipleship is deny yourself. Take up your cross daily and follow me. So I'm here to tell you today, I'm preaching to you. It's good to be home and I want to go home and I want you to go with me. But I'm going to close with this. I want you to make your calling an election sure. If you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, I want to baptize you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you've never repented of your sins, here's a day. You've got to do that every day. If you haven't put your treasure, amen, in heaven, maybe there's some things you need to let go of this morning. Come on, as we begin to sing, and we're going to continue to sing, would you join me at an altar? Would you find a place to pray? Would you find a place? Come on, don't just hear a sermon and a song, but make this between you and God in these next few moments. Come on, if you're at home, if you're watching online, come on, it's time to make this personal. Come on, it's time to lift your voice and your heart towards heaven today. In the name of the Lord, God, I give it to you, Lord, in the name of Jesus, God. Lord, let me live in such a way, God, Oh, that my treasures are not in this life. Pray, God, that you would forgive us. Let us repent today. Let us strong home.